See, come and see. And those are great words for all believers to practice. So let's practice it this morning together. Let's say, come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Yes. The Come and See series. And today, the title of the sermon is A Man Called John. Not a man called John, but a man called John. So I want to talk about this man who was sent, called by God and sent, whose name is John. And I want to also look at his life and reflect on our own lives. So as we look at John, we can look at John in light of us. For John is a man, humankind. Poke your neighbor and say, hey, you're just humankind too. Yeah, we're flesh and blood. And John was a man with flesh and blood, filled with the Spirit of God. If your faith is in Jesus, you also are a man or woman filled with the Spirit of God. Thanks be to the Lord. So there's likeness. And so we can see in John, this one who lived, this one who had this great testimony from the Lord, who lived his life for the kingdom of God. So two attributes of the called. Now let me pause here for just a moment in case you think I only have two points for this morning's sermon. <laughs> it won't go that fast. Now, I have a couple more attributes or uh, other things that we'll have, but two attributes. Number one, those that are called, we are sent by God. Sent by God. You and I, we like John, we have a commission from our commander-in-chief. Jesus is the captain of the hosts of heaven. And he's given you and I marching orders. Collectively, we are all part of the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Go into all the world. Go into all the world. Make disciples of all nations. Teaching them to obey all of the things that I've shown you. We have that commission. We're part of that. Individually, you could take your finger and say, I have an individual commission. I am sent by God. I am Christ's ambassador. Amen. Come on. That's enough to get encouraged and wake up. That's enough to say, thanks be to God. I am an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. Ordained of God. Every one of us here, we are all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, that's enough to get excited. Some people are asking, man, what's my calling? If you don't know what your individual calling is, you can know unequivocally, I am a minister of the gospel. I am Christ's ambassador. I represent a king in his kingdom. And then I am an ambassador in, in a foreign land. I don't belong here. My citizenship is in heaven. Your citizenship is in heaven. And we represent Him. Man, that'll, that'll, that'll transform your living. If you spend some of the 168 hours of your week living for yourself, listen, you are Christ's ambassador. I am not Dave's ambassador. Whoop, whoop. Making reputation for Dave. 
And when I do, and when I am, I can look back and say, man, I need to change that. If you look back and you say, man, I'm making a lot of reputation for me. It's time to rearrange priority. It's about Jesus. I am his ambassador. We're sent by God. Like the prophets in the Old Testament. I think of Isaiah. Isaiah 6. He is taken into the throne room of God, if you will, and he overhears the conversation. Whom shall we send and who will go for us? And he says, here am I, send me. And then the voice, go and tell this people. Go and tell this people, gang, that's us. Man, we're the sent out ones. We are the apostles. We're the sent out. Go and tell. You know, it's interesting. Jesus prays in John 17. He says these words, I pray, uh, I, I do not pray for these alone but also for those who will believe in me through their word. God, in his infinite wisdom, entrusted his plan. And remember, his plan was all men, right? We read that just a moment ago, that all would believe in him. And his plan includes you and me through their word. That we would be the voice box. We would be the amplifier. We would be the base, the subwoofer that just sends out the message low. I can't even get a high tone. I was going to go for a high tone. It's not happening. God's using us. He said in Matthew, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. To do what? Send out laborers. This is fascinating. Into the harvest, into his harvest field. It's his harvest and he wants us to go out reaping. And here's the fascinating thing. Again, he's, he's calling us to go. Sending us out. Entrusting to us. He said after his resurrection to his disciples in John 20, verse 21, he said, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. I send you. So, we're the sent of God. Now, he has sent us with a purpose. Elbow your neighbor and say, wake up. He sent us with a purpose. He sent us with a purpose. The purpose to bear witness of that light. Jesus, the light of the world. In John 8, verse 12, he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The light of life. The scripture that we read as our text in verse 9. That was the true light. Jesus, the light of life. And it gives light to every man coming into the world. And again, in verse 7 of our text, it says, to bear witness of the light that all through him, that is Jesus, might believe. That all might believe. John said in verse 34, and I have seen and testify, this is the Son of God. John was faithful, declaring Jesus 
the Son of God. So, we are sent by God. We are sent with a purpose. Two attributes of those of us who are the call. So how do we apply these thoughts? How do we apply even just this portion of Scripture into our own lives? We're two, we two are men and women sent by God. That's the first thing. We're sent. Everybody say, I'm part of that. I'm part of that, right? I'm part of that. I'm the sent. Listen, we are the answer to someone before us prayer to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. Have you ever considered yourself, you are the answer to someone's prayer who prayed to the Lord of the harvest maybe 40 years ago. They may already be in the presence of the Lord and you are the answer to their prayer because you are a laborer and you came into his kingdom and now he is sending with purpose. We get to be the answer. That's epic. We are sent to bear witness to the light, Jesus. And Jesus has said we are that light of the world. Now, let's ask ourselves a few questions. Let's, thinking about application, thinking about what do I take away this morning, how does that work in my life? As a sent one, me, you, as a sent one, how am I embracing his purpose? to shine the light, to make known the light, to reveal Jesus. How am I embracing that? Am I in? Am I one foot in, one foot out? Am I a toe in, a toe out? Am I scratching the surface? Or am I diving in? Am I walking around in ankle deep water? Am I knee deep? Am I up to my waist? Am I wading? Or am I like, <laughs> going deep, just deep in, and you feel the weight on your shoulders, so to speak. Yeah, God, let's get all in. Okay. Noticing with John that there was a testifying. How well am I prepared to testify today? Are you prepared to testify? Remember Peter writing in 1 Peter 3.15, be prepared to give an answer of those who ask you of the hope that is in you? How prepared are you? Are you ready just to point someone to Jesus? Because it's going to happen. This week, something's going to happen. You might be sitting on a bus. You might be at an intersection with your window down, singing songs. Oh. Somebody's window next to you breaks, and you're like, hey, that's epic. You heard me. And then you're in conversation. It could be at the grocery store. It could be at work. It could be at the water cooler. It could be somewhere. You're going to have an encounter with someone and you'll know that you know because you'll feel the weight and the pressure and the temperature rise to testify. I just want you to know the scripture challenges us, encourages us to be ready in season and out. In season and out. The scripture encourages us live with wisdom towards those who are on the outside. And we can do that. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, you can do that. You can do it. We can do it. God is equipping us and he's given us his word. He's given us his promises. But the simplicity of that moment testifying could be, hey, I'll be praying for you in the name of Jesus. And I encourage you, if you say, I'm going to be praying for you, give the tagline in Jesus' name. That'll take, that'll take it to a whole new place. 
Because people are okay if you're praying. Because you, you know, some people pray to the Mother Earth. I don't know. It just seems, that seems okay. But you say, hey, I'm praying for you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> that might get a, what did you say? And you just show them off that little Colgate smile with the joy of Jesus. Say, man, I was just saying, oh, I was going to pray for you in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. No, you don't have to do that. But I'm just saying, <laughs> let's be ready. Amen? Amen. Okay, we're sent. And we are sent with that purpose. Okay, finally. What can I do better to prepare myself to fulfill his purpose in my life? To be a witness. How can I prepare how can I prepare? What are some things that I could do? As you process that, I think you're, if you begin to process that, how can I better prepare myself to testify? You're taking a step toward being used in the Great Commission. I told the story recently because there was a Facebook message uh, of a friend of mine from literally the week that I was born again. And this little string of stories went back 34 years of my life. And as I saw the story, I was reading about guys that I played football against and their uh, newspaper clippings mentioning all these guys. And it was so interesting to me playing ball down in Southern California that so many of those guys went on to play in the NFL. How was your NFL career, Pastor Dave? <laughs> it didn't happen. Anyway, all I have to say, all those other guys. But I was fascinated as I read some of those names because I remembered they're friends of mine to this day. And the reason they're still friends of mine to this day is because something cataclysmic happened in our lives. Jesus got a hold of this old boy. And I remember going to church that first Sunday morning with my brother at Calvary and realizing they had a Sunday night church service. And I thought, well, I'm going to church Sunday night because there's church in the morning and there's church at night. And I feel like that's what we do, gather together. And so I'm going and I went. And I didn't know it was a two-hour service. And I didn't know they were going to sing songs for, you know, 20 minutes and we were going to have a Bible study for an hour and 40 minutes. And I never got tired because it was so exciting and encouraging. It was new. And I was like, feed me more. But that particular night, I remember looking over the auditorium. Like, I mean, it was there's a massive church, 3,000 seats in the, just on the main level. And I looked over and I saw these two cats that played football with me at Golden West. And they saw me somehow. Could have been a size differential but the people I was standing around. I don't know. But at the end of the day, they saw me. They came up in the weight room that Monday and they said, what happened to you? I told them how Jesus had gotten a hold of my life. They invited me to the Tuesday night Bible study. I went to that Tuesday night Bible study and that Tuesday night Bible study. Well, actually that Tuesday, four, three guys and myself, four guys came from the weight room to eat lunch at my house. Now these are guys, some of these guys were on that team that was the number one team in the United in the United States of America that year in high school football. And they're sitting at they're sitting at my little kitchen table and we're eating we're getting ready to eat lunch and it was my moment. I felt the temperature rise and I've I've known Jesus for like two weeks at this point. And here's these guys sitting and I knew I had to tell him what happened to me. I said guys I gotta tell you something. 
I'm not the same guy I was two weeks ago. And I told him how Jesus had come into my life, radically changed my life, and I was a student of God's Word, and I was reading God's Bible. I mean, I was reading the Bible, and I was reading daily, and I was consuming this book, and I was excited because Jesus had forgiven me of my sin, and I knew I was going to heaven. And I don't even know how long I talked. It was probably, you know, eight, ten minutes. I, I was pretty excited at that time, too. And I, I'll never forget, because one of the guys sitting there, his chin is on the table, and his mouth is like this gaping hole. He's like... <laughs> puts his hands on the table like this, and he says, Bro, I only know one other person in the whole world that has done what you have done. I said, Awesome. I was like, back in those days too, I kind of had a cultural thing. I was talking like a Southern California surf guy. I was like, oh, bro, fully, that's so boss. You know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and then he looked at me and he said, my sister. And I was like, I mean, I knew, and I'm like, I don't even know how this stuff works. But I knew God had me share that at that moment because God had been reaching out to this young man through his sister. So, fast forward the tape back to that Tuesday. I go to that Tuesday Bible study. We're singing, oh, I love you, Lord. That's how old that song is. Oh. It's at least 34 years old. Anyway, and when they sang that first song, then it was like, hey, meet and greet your neighbor. Here I am. And I had invited one of those guys to come, and he came, which was amazing. And so he was there. And these two girls come running up. And, you know, I mean, honestly, we were college people, and there's like 300 college students in this room. And we're like, here comes a couple of girls, and they run up. And, well, they are kind of cute, but I, you know, what are you doing? And uh, so they came up, and they're like, do you guys play football? We like look at each other and we go, yes, we do. And they said, do you know my brother? And I said, no, I don't know. And she said, are you Dave Morris? And I said, I, I am. And she goes, my brother's name is Mark. I said, no way. She goes, you told him your story today. She says, give me your hands, we gotta pray. And she just starts praying. Amen. This guy doesn't even know Jesus. I'm like, this is going to be fun. Anyway, so we're praying. And she's praying for her brother that he would come to church. That night, the guy that came, he raised his hand, gave his heart to Jesus. That was amazing. And he had told me he wouldn't go to church with me for the preceding two weeks. And I asked him probably 107 times. I mean, it was just like, dude, you're to church. Anyway, he gives his heart to the Lord. We go back to the weight room. And over the process of time, which was like two days, Mark, you gotta come to church with me, man. He says, okay. The next Tuesday night, Mark came also, but Mark didn't come alone. He's like, I'm not going alone. And he grabbed his friend Chris and said, Chris, you gotta go too. So I'm like, I like how this is working, man. I didn't even have to do very much. I'm like, Mark come. He's like, all right, bring these other people with them. And that's how it works. It works that way. Because the seed is good. 
We've been sent. And we have a purpose. And when we in what was I going to say? I don't know. Engross ourselves. But that was the wrong word. So when we dive in, it just begins to work. It's like that mustard seed. It's going to become the biggest tree in the, in the, in the, in the garden. And so here we are. My buddy Jim, who gave his heart to the Lord last week, he's there. And here's Mark. And here's Graham. We're singing. You know? I, everybody else was reading their hand. I'm like, come on, this is exciting. And so I'm just like, yeah, man, Jesus. And uh, I'm watching. And the message comes out. And I thought I had kind of that Southern California surf voice. But the guy who was teaching the Bible study, some of you guys, you guys might remember, Randy Ziegler. Did you know Ziegler? Randy Ziegler. Yeah, Ziegler. And Ziegler, he actually, he like has this little kind of cockeyed mouth looking. He's like, bro. Like we were surfing the waves, man, and Jesus hit us. And then we're like, why? You know, we thought that was so cool. Anyway, he just lays out the gospel. And I mean, the moment he says, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, raise your hand. Mark shoots up. And I'm looking at his sister who's now sitting near us. And she's like, <laughs> she just can't believe he's even there because she had been asking him to come. He goes forward. He gives his heart to Jesus. We're all excited. And we go out to Coco's afterwards. And that's kind of like Sherry's. And we're sitting around. That's where I was introduced to coffee. Can I get a hallelujah? And uh, having coffee and a little piece of pie. And then Chris speaks up. Because we're all talking about how Jesus has saved us from our sin. It's just exciting. And Chris said, man, I wanted to raise my hand. Is it too late for me? I'm just sitting there. And no one's saying anything. I'm like, no! I should raise your hand. <laughs> no, you don't have to do that. I said, let's pray. And just repeat. I don't even know. I've heard the prayer like four times. This prayer, I said, just repeat after me. We're holding hands and Chris repeats after. And he yielded his heart to Jesus. What are we doing to prepare ourselves? Let's, let's just be engaged in God's kingdom. He is using the futility of you and I to go out. And to this day, I can tell you there are moments like that for me in my life. And I know there's moments like that for you in your life. Are we ready for them? Are we opening our eyes? Are we recognizing that I am sent by God? Just as John was sent by God, he has called me. I am part of the call. You are part of the call. We are Christ's ambassadors. And the equipping, I'll tell you, normal mission training is just write your testimony out and then pare it down to about three minutes. Get your testimony down to three minutes. So you have an elevator moment. <laughs> just hit a few extra buttons. That'll give you like seven minutes, right? You're like, well, I had a three-minute version, but since I've hit 18 buttons on here like in the movie Elf, I got a captive audience, right? Take advantage of the moments. Look people in the eyes. Let them see the light that is in you. Does that make sense? We've got work to do, and God's called us to do it. Well, we're going to take this message and we're going to make it 
probably a second message. Next week we'll look at um, two attitudes of the call, two arenas of the call, and two aspects of the message of the call. So there'll be six and we'll move a little quicker next week. But I just want to invite you this morning. I just want to invite you this morning. You say, there's a timidity in me. I'm shy. You, Pastor Dave, you're kind of an outgoing guy. Um, that's, that's just not my disposition. I'm shy. I, I don't know how to engage with people. I'm afraid. What if they ask a question and I don't have an answer? By the way, if you're afraid, anybody here, you're just afraid that they're going to ask a question? You don't have to raise your hand, but I mean, in your mind, you're raising your hand. I'm afraid to ask if they ask a question, because I don't have the answer. I just want, are you ready for this? This answer will answer a lot of those questions. Are you ready? I don't know. You want to just practice that with me this morning? Stand on the count three. One, two, three. I don't know. That's a great answer. Because sometimes, I mean, I've done this. Where like I try and like, well, I need to answer this question, so I'm going to do my best. That's a bad idea. Man, I'm trying to answer questions, and I walk down some road. I have no idea. All of a sudden, I'm looking around. I'm like, man, I'm way out here in space, and I have no idea how I got it. Where were we? What was the question? <laughs> so don't do that. Just I don't know works. And, and then you can say, I'll do my best to get an answer, though. And I'll get back to you. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. We need to be ready. And you're timid, and you say, ah, I just, I don't feel the power. I don't feel the authority. I don't feel the anointing of God in my life in that regard. And you'd say, but boy, I'd like to a little bit more. I'd like to kind of step out of that timidity. I'd like, you know, and you know the scriptures. God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. So we know these things, but sometimes walking in what we know can be two very different things, right? I know something boop, boop, up in my head, but I'm not walking it out in my feet. And so transitioning that down, this gap between my heart and my head, how do I, you know, the greatest expanse in the universe, I think, is the 18 inches between our head knowledge and our heart understanding and living, right? How do we do that? Well, I think sometimes it's just a matter of faith. It's just a matter of faith. Someone, I had a buddy of mine that played football with me, and he was a Jesus guy at Portland State. And he, I remember to this day, he had a sermon that he shared in our little seminar, our Friday morning Bible study. We had a Friday morning Bible study at 6 a.m., a bunch of college-age dudes. That's right, college-age dudes and dudettes. We got up at 6 a.m. on Friday mornings. And there was dead silence. <laughs> anyway. To study God's word. And so his message was faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Taking a step. It's a risk. But when we do, God is there. It's good. If that's you, and you say, man, I want that. As we're all standing this morning, and we're going to pray, and we're going to ask God's blessing as we go from this place. We're going to be asking, Lord, please stand with me this morning. As we're standing. And you're thinking, I would love, I would love, just a fresh infilling of God the Spirit. The Scripture tells us in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, you will receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be witnesses unto me, Jesus. Unto me. Jesus says these words. You will be. Not might be. Not could be. Not should be. You will be witnesses unto me. In Jerusalem in Judea, in Samaria, unto the ends of the earth. 
Jerusalem looks like, but your Jerusalem might just be your neighborhood. I don't know what your uh, Judea looks like, but it might be casting the net out a little bit further, including your work environment. I don't know what your Samaria is, but you know Samaritans and Jews, they didn't mix. So it might be a whole group of people that you really don't like very much. Some of you are like, man, I thought my family was out of this. <laughs> yeah, and you know, sometimes that's the one that you're like, ah, really me, God? And he's like, yeah, it'll be really cool. And you're like, guy, use Pastor Dave or something. No. We get to die to self like that kernel of wheat of the floods who simply obeyed. They did it. They answered the call. So going to the Samaritans for you and I might be dying. We'll be that kernel of wheat that falls to the ground. And God will use you to bring birth into someone you didn't even want to associate with. And maybe it's under the ends of the earth. There are some standing in this room today that there is a call to go to another nation and to bring the gospel with you. You know the Lord's already started tugging in an unusual way. And he's pulling you. It may be a short-term mission. It may be a longer short-term mission. It may be the rest of your life. We get the opportunity to simply obey. You want that. You say, I want more power. I just want that fresh and filling of God the Spirit. Just raise your hand real quick and say, that's me. Just, yeah, come on. Amen. Pray with me this morning. Father, we come in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you for John the Baptist. A man called. Sent by God. Lord, you've called all of us. And we've been sent by you. Lord, we are asking for a fresh and filling of your Spirit. Lord, we just want that enduing power. And not only the enduing power, but the enduring power. And that we would equip ourselves, we would prepare ourselves, we'd write our testimony out, we'd just get, pare it down to that, you know, elevator speech kind of a thing. So we're just ready, quick in season and out. Memorizing the John 3.16s and some of those other verses like Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Lord, all of those things, help us to equip ourselves that we might be your ambassadors. Fill us, Holy Spirit, fresh with your enduing power, with your love, with your peace, your patience, your joy, all those fruit, a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over, that we might be, like Jesus said, if you're thirsty, come and drink the water that I have, you'll thirst no more, and rivers of living water will flow out of you. Lord, I pray, and we would agree in Jesus' name for all of us, that those rivers would flow. Be glorified. Like we see, as Mike mentioned, the Metolius River, it kind of just spontaneously shows up, and it becomes this massive river. Lord, may that river-like experience flow from us to the world who desperately needs you. God, we pray for more villages, single boys who would give their hearts to Jesus and go win their 
when they're people groups. May it happen through your church. We love you, we praise you, we ask your blessing and benediction. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said an amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in the grace and power of our Lord and have an amazing week in Jesus. God bless.